It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, our prayers have been answered by Kevin Pillar. So the Falcons finally had a chance to practice and push around other people, but how to look for them down in South Beach. And last but not least, and for the culture, y'all better keep y'all mouth shut about EB. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, the Falcons are buzzing down in South Beach. We'll talk about that. But first, T, we talked about on this show just a couple days ago about Eddie Rosario and how he's just been stinking up the joint. And, you know, and, and when you think about, you know, after the trade deadline and, and going out and trying to get someone, that's not necessarily an option at this point. But I think that when you have a guy like Kevin Polarity, who came up huge last night to tie the game in in the top of the ninth inning last night, and it was against the right-handed pitcher because, you know, he normally goes against the lefties. That, that's kind of like his thing, right? That's why he's been platooning with Eddie Rosario, but to see him come through like he did last night, how huge was that? Just to have anyone Like in a sign relief, just like that. Yep. Yes, <laughs> that is what I literally said last <sighs> night. Because, of course, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but our first sigh of relief was after we found out that whew, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be Okay, so that was the first sigh of relief. But yeah, the next sigh of relief was most certainly Kevin Pillar because you just felt like, wow. And here's the thing I liked about it as well. And not to take anything away from Pilar, but on that same token, Orlando Arcia doing it twice for yes, the Braves team. as well. So him he started it, yeah. Court. He got the part yeah, started. Exactly. <laughs> he was the one who really started that comeback. So mm-hmm. you got to think about like them putting together what I'd like to call, at least at the plate, right? A complete game. I mean, we haven't really talked about a leadoff home run for Ronald Acuna Jr. in in a couple of days now. That that's one thing. And then we also talked about what happens when you have the Yanni Chirinos experience experiment go bad yet again, oh, and gosh. he puts the Braves in a hole like he did. Oh. They don't really dig themselves out of a hole well. At least they haven't, especially post All Star. Right? The right. Braves dug themselves out of a hole, and that was huge. And then. The bullpen helped them to dig out of that hole that Yanni Chirino set for them because you look at them and they had an efficient 67 combined pitches. 67. You and I talked about the importance of efficiency just last night, and that is important because if you got to use that bullpen again, at least you know they're not taxed for today or the coming days uh, for the rest of this Pirate Series and beyond. And then only two hits. They didn't allow any runs. And they also struck out six. So you think about that and only two walks. So I think it was one of those where I'm going to go with Jarvis, an almost collective effort, but an almost collective effort that has to be highlighted by the guys that only needed to step up and do one job, Pilar, one job, Arcia, and actually did it. Yeah, and that's not all you could ask for because I think the Braves, 
lineup is, is very unique. Now, we know all the names, right? Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, all that stuff, right? We get it. But they have the benefit of having the bottom of the order that they can count on, too, in those key moments. And that, yes. that shined through last night. Orlando Arcia. I'll see you later. I, I love Brandon Gallup, by the way. Can I, can I, can I give him a I little love him, love? but that one was I like, okay, the right there at the borderline of corny, but I do like <laughs> right. him a lot. That's why I like him. Like, I like corny people because, you know, I'm not corny. Well, I don't consider myself corny. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, wait, dog. Oh, see, that's how see, don't, don't start with me today, T. Don't start with, with love, me today. With love. can't have confidence in myself. You know what it I'm works. saying? Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a SpongeBob. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a square. You know what I mean? So anyway, it works. so yeah. <laughs> you give me today. You got me. You killing me today, team. It's all good. Well, let me get the thing back on track because you know before we go off, continue. Right, we can't go that. off the tracks in the se- in the first segment. We got to at yes. least wait until the second segment. Exactly. So, Kevin Pillar, Orlando RC, I think you know, and also Michael Harris throw them throw, throw him in there as well. Like, yeah, be able to count on those guys. I think that's going to be a, another element. We talking about everybody coming together. Yes. Like you know, the starting pitching, and we know Yon and Chirinos. So I ain't. Like I like yeah, I'm, I'm at the point where like okay here. where's Michael Soroka like can we get him in here like we don't need no Yanni anymore Yanni is done I Grant tweeted about that last night and I wholeheartedly agree so yeah <laughs> like it's time to get Michael Soroka up here and see what he can do but yeah. anyway but I think that having that unique bottom part of your order to be able to come through like you did and especially in Michael Harrison the the tear he's been on it late in the yeah. nine spot it's almost like having two leadoff hitters so when we yeah. have that that benefit. And to see those guys come through like they did last night, and you and with the possibility of going down 0-2 to the Pittsburgh Pirates, like those guys are like ten games or now eleven yeah. games under five hundred. So like, right, yeah, it so, definitely, yes. yeah, and it Sigh definitely for sure. like yes, sigh of relief because it did feel on some level like a game that they needed to win. And you do hate to say that because hey, you know you got about fifty games left, and it's just the Pirates. But sometimes when you're on a little bit of a skid, like a three-game skid, and it's a questionable skid because of the questionable teams that you lost to, you right. do feel like you need this. Also, you had three in the in that three-game skid, right? And including even last night, to be honest, you really did have poor pitching. Like right. this six-run thing is becoming a thing. So yeah. when you really, have that happen really. to you game after game after game, you do start feeling like, okay, we need the bats to show up and show up big. And then we need our bullpen to give us just enough to erase the poor play of our starting pitching. And you actually saw all of that last night. And even little things like having a good eye, like Matt Olson had a good enough eye to get himself on base by virtue of a walk, but run scored, run scored. So you get him however you can, because of yes. course we always also like to see the Braves not rely on just the long ball to get it done. Yeah, like however, however you can get runs in, and, and for Matt Olson with eleven games, um, eleven game RBI streak, breaking Freddie Freeman's never record, done, like, right? Exactly, making Freddie never Freeman done. disappear. Like, yeah, who like, said that a year ago? <laughs> truly, truly, that I mean, what he's been able to do yes. has been just crazy. And again, that goes back to what we say about consistency. It can't always be the long ball. Sometimes it has to just be, hey, I'm gonna get on base to put myself in scoring position. And then once I put myself in scoring position, then that's because I trust the guy, especially a Matt Olson. I trust the guy and the rest of the, the guys in the rest of the middle of the order to get me home. Or if for some reason they can't, like you said, 
the bottom of the order is starting to heat up again and they're becoming reliable to be able to get him in as well. So yeah, I love what we were able to see there. The only thing I think about last night, minus Yanni Chirinos that I didn't like, of course, was seeing Ronald Acuna get Jr. get hit by a pitch because again, yeah, that so was the gas that I know I didn't need. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, because here's the thing. Like, I know for me, like, I'm, I may be overanalyzing a little bit because, you know, I feel how I feel about a nephew um, because I feel like he's family to me. Because, But last night just seemed like he was just a little bit more upset than he normally is when he gets hit like that because he knows guys are trying to come in on him. And it just seemed yeah. like that was intentional, T. And I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, so if it seems that way, if it's perceived that way, I'm sitting here looking at it on the television like, ain't nobody going to step up. Ain't nobody going to come in here and just say, you know, man, y'all need to stop this crap. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Like, yeah. Or do something. Do something. Do something. Do because something. at the end of the day, T, I know it's the rules and all this stuff, and people might get suspended. They might hurt themselves trying to get into altercations. But at the end of the day, this in the street. This is in, yeah. in the workforce. If people know there are going to be consequences for their actions, they won't do it. I yeah. promise you, <laughs> unless you got some knuckleheads. And, and most of the time, when you got guys out here making millions of dollars, they're not going to do that stuff, regardless yeah. of what the what the scouting report is and, and make it, hey, this is what I need to do to make, make him back off the plate. He's not going to back yeah. off the plate. So right. if, if they know there's consequences, T, like, I really feel like, you know, this is something that, you know, it's not going to happen. But it, it has to be one of his teammates to come in and do it because Ronald yeah. Queen is just not built like that, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was kind of good to see him get a little bit of, of frustration because it's like, you know, after a while, you want to see a little bit of that edge out of him too. like, hey, don't try to punk me. But, you know, I was kind of yeah. taking it to the whole Montgomery sweet tea party and waiting for like an Aquaman type of dude to kind of swim yes. across. Scuba good and junior. You know what I'm saying? We need some. We need scuba yeah. good like, Where's that through. guy? <laughs> like, come through. I wanted just somebody. I didn't care yeah. who it was. Maybe somebody in the bullpen or maybe if a guy was approaching first base for Matt Olson to just kind of put, I don't know, just somebody to say, look, you're not going to punk our guy because this guy is on a tear and really all of the major all of major league baseball appreciates the fact that history could be made so this yes wouldn't just be an mvp season this would be a historic mvp season and i was thinking about it from that perspective as well like yeah braves you should have retaliated and no major league baseball if the braves retaliated you shouldn't have done anything because ronald acuna jr has the whole like even if you're not a baseball fan, they've got the whole of sport. He's got the whole of sports abuzz because of what he's doing. So Indeed. anytime and think about other sports, I double dog dare you to have done something like that to a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady in his day. Oh, there would have been some consequences and flags repercussions. I'm talking flags, fines, possibly suspensions. <laughs> Absolutely. Or LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. is becoming that for Major League Baseball. Yes. There mm -hmm. should be some consequences and repercussions that tell you you cannot HBP this guy and think that it's going to be okay. So I wanted to start with the Braves, but I think it should also be ended by Major League Baseball. I want to take time out to let you guys know that this episode of the ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guys, guess what they have for you? All you first-time uh, checkers out of, of the FanDuel Sportsbook website? Yeah, I said it like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Um, they got something just special for you. All right, all you got to do is drop $20, and you're going to get up to $200 in bonus bets back win or lose. You don't have to worry about all your um, – the app is safe. 
It's secure. It's super easy to use. You don't have to worry about anybody getting your information. So, you know, you have to worry about that. Also, when that bet clears, you can go get your money right now. You don't have to worry about it because run up on somebody trying to pull up, say, hey, man, I need my money. You don't have to do that. Hey, I got you next week. Nah, none of that. FanDuel has got you covered, and they're going to pay that money out instantly. You can bet on the money lines, the, um, the over-unders, and you can bet on who can hit the first home run. Orlando Arcia did his thing last night. He might be the guy to do it. Or Austin Riley might do his doggone thing, too, the second-half MVP of the team. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel it is the official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. And some would say that maybe the guys in the trenches were the MVPs for the Falcons in their joint practice with the Dolphins on Tuesday, the first of two joint practices. They'll get another one underway today, of course, ahead of Friday's game, first preseason game this year, which is exciting because then we really, really get to see what these guys are made of. And so that's the kind of thing that we were looking for, right? You and I talked about those battles in the trenches to really see what this O-line is made of when they're up against the solid D-line, but also to see what the new look D-line would be able to do. And reports coming out from some of our guys, some of our our friends to the show uh, who are in Miami said that, yeah, they felt for the most part that both lines gave the Falcons something solid that pretty much they handled their business or at least held their own at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and, and that's so encouraging because it makes me smile. It makes me happy because here's the thing. Yeah. Man. Like, we've been, we, like, the joint practices haven't been good for the Falcons over the years. Like, no. Like, as an organization, like, for the past, at least for the past 10 years, because one of the mm-hmm. things I'll never forget, like, one of the first um on training camps that I was covering for the Falcons, I think it was the one where they were on hard knocks. And they did the joint practice with that team, and, oh, my gosh, you talking about getting exposed. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, yeah, this is what Geno Atkins looked like. I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals. It was like, oh, Geno Atkins is a real deal. Like, oh, the Falcons might be in trouble this year up front. And, and that's, that's what ended up happening because it's one thing to be able to, to go against your teammates and, and understand, like, when you go against those guys every day, like, one people, mm-hmm. um, I think people need to understand is when you're going against the offensive lineman every day as a defensive lineman, like, you kind of get – to know that guy, you understand yeah. like all the little intricacies. All right, he's leaning hard, so I I know he's about to get ready to drop back. So I'll be ready to do have my pass pass rush move mm-hmm. ready. Or if he's right. leaning, I can see the white in his knuckles. I know that he's gonna come off the ball with they about to get ready to run the football. But not so much when you're talking about in training camp because hey, ain't no film out there for this year. So right. it's kind of like hey, you got to bring it. You got to go a hundred percent because you know you just don't know what that guy's gonna bring to the table. So. I think for to hear the Falcons coming out in the first day, you know, one-on-ones and all that stuff, you know, that's that's my that's my pride and joy. I love me some one-on-ones. To hear those guys out there taking advantage of the Miami Dolphins offensive line, a, a team that is being talked about as a contender as long as Tua stays healthy, yeah. I, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Yeah, I really liked what I saw out of them as well. Just again, just making sure that they actually show something that makes you know, oh, okay, they're competitive. Like you're not just about to get your running backs to just go off. Nope, not going to happen. And we're not going to let the quarterback get to the point in place where he can just set up and figure that he can just do anything against that defensive line they'll make you think twice the dbs are going to make you think twice and i say that and we'll get to the dbs in a second but i say that understanding that okay 
they went against some all war wide receivers yesterday. Now let's oh, be real. Yeah, I mean, the speed yeah, is unmatched and we'll talk oh. about it in a minute, but <laughs> <Yes>. ultimately <laughs> speaking, what Jeff Gray said about what he wanted to see out of the DBs was much more important than what we actually saw yesterday. Now, speaking of important or shall we say unimportant, the unofficial depth chart, official unofficial depth chart was yeah. dropped on Tuesday. It's the first one of the preseason for the Falcons and of course the whole of Falcons nation was a buzz. Oh my God. Bijan Robinson is listed as third on the depth chart. Tyler Algiers ahead of him and Cordero Patterson is ahead of him. Okay. It's the first depth chart for the preseason. Do we care? I know I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Like here's the thing T like you really think that not you, but People out there who are going crazy right. <laughs> about B. John Robinson being third on the depth chart. You really think that he's right. not going to get any touches. He's not going to be on the field at all. Right. He's going to be a, a, a old school, regular third uh, um, third on the depth chart running back. No, no. Right. Calm down. Yeah. Arthur Smith is doing that just because. Like, and, and to be honest with yeah. you, T, I would be surprised if uh, I got David Bassett. He probably came up with it, this dog on the fish. Like, hey, here, here, put it together. You know, DB right. together. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. it's nothing. It's nothing. This is no. like a preseason poll, like a preseason AP poll in in the, in college football. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's great cool, analogy, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like once because once those balls start flying and people start hitting each other, like you know, we're gonna see B. John Robinson on the field. Right. We're gonna see Cordell Patterson on the field, and we're gonna see Tyler Adjir on the field. It might not yeah. be at the same time. But those, right. all those guys are going to get those touches, and I think that Arthur Smith is going to orchestrate this offense to a point where it's not going it's not going to even matter like no. what the what those guys are on the depth chart. Yeah, you shouldn't be concerned about when Bijan Robinson, where he is on the depth chart, and when he enters the game. What you should be concerned about is how he enters the game. Is he entering the game to tote the rock? Is he entering the game to be a pass catcher? How is he lining up? That's what you should really be paying attention to and the proficiency with which he knows how to actually execute those plays. To me, that's far more important at, versus whether I see him 12 plays or two plays. For the two plays that I see him, I just want, I'm curious to see how they line him up and also how he's able to execute that play. I think that's much more important. And speaking of that, you know, um, we all always are encouraged and that's just even media like whether you're fans or media you never want to see a player go down to injury right so when mm -hmm. everyone took a collective gasp last week when Jeff Okuda went down and then we got word that hey it may not be as serious as it looked initially this guy's going to come back quote unquote Arthur Smith saying early in the season is that's the encouraging word then yesterday, got another, you know, little bit, we're just going to call it a setback to the secondary yeah. where Clark Phillips III uh, got his foot stepped on in practice. Now, the good thing is our guy Josh Kendall from The Athletic is reporting that his sources tell him, hey, it's not that serious and he's going to be day to day. That is good, except that you essentially have two players in the same space who may or may not be available for week one, or if they are available for week one of the regular season, may not be 100%. So that got me to thinking, you know, that's why Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot can be credited with doing such a great job at, in adding depth at every position and making sure that this type of thing doesn't allow you to skip a beat. But with them doing that, if those guys, one or both, can't go week one, which corner for you has shown so far that, hey, they're ready to step in? I think it's. I think I don't think we we've seen that yet. I don't think, but I think when you're talking about having guys who are capable of yes. stepping in, I think that's the that's the what 
you talking about as far as t- uh, that depth piece and yes. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith because they haven't had that in the past years. They yeah. literally have to bring guys off the street to come in and, and sub in for guys like their their ones, either DB one or whatever, cornerback one, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. Yeah, so yeah. when now that you have guys, we're sitting up here having a conversation like, okay, we got Trey Flowers who can come in and step in mm-hmm. on the outside. Mike Hughes, if need be, he can step right. in on the outside. Not as big as, as, as uh, from a side standpoint that, you know, Ryan Nielsen and Arthur Smith would prefer, right. but he can get the job done. He has been there. He has experience of playing on the outside because you have D Offer, who I feel like he is yeah, slowly locking down yeah, that nickel solid. spot. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he's slowly locking down that nickel spot. And I think that Hughes is going to be a guy that can step in and fill that role because at the end of the day, we talking about Clark Phillips. Like he's gonna have to fight to literally fight to get some, some get some playing time in his first yeah. year. But yeah, I, he has shown he's been having a really good camp, you know, so far. So especially with his battles going up against Drake London, who is the wide receiver one. So if he's up here um, showing like he did and showing improving himself against that guy. You already know that. Hey, behind the scenes, he's been impressing coaches as well. So I think overall, though, like when you have this depth piece that they yeah. have. With, with Trey Flowers and Mike Hughes and guys like that, that that are willing and have an experience for stepping in, I think that eases the level of concern when you talk about having two guys who you're looking to play play a lot, specifically yeah. uh, Jeff Okuda. Right. And when you think about not just that depth, you also mentioned a key part part and point of what the build out is, which is what Jerry Gray talked about. He wants mm-hmm. to see what those guys are able to do based on where he lines them up. So the versatility, you talk about Mike Hughes of the versatility, you talk about the and the versatility. Those are all important things as well, because now you're looking at it as a full on DB room versus just, hey, we've got the corners here. We've got the safeties here. We've got the left corner, the right corner. You can actually shift some guys around if need be in order to get things underway the regular season. So I like what Jerry Gray said about the fact that he's more evaluating to see not so much if Jalen Waddle, I get that name, I want to say yeah. Jalen Waddle yeah. and uh, Tyreek Hill smoke you. That's not important. It's more important for him to see how it is that you're able to set up line up and execute the play that Jerry Gray has installed. So, of course, we're going to bring you guys more from Miami as we get word on how the Falcons are doing in their joint practice. We will, of course, let you guys know and react and anything that's going on here in the world of sports, hopefully talking about, of course, another Braves win. That would be fantastic. But if you guys have comments or thoughts on what you've seen so far and maybe some of the clips that you've seen out of Miami about what they've been able to do, the Falcons up front, let us know. Drop it in the chat when you check us out on YouTube. And of course, do not forget to download ATL Day Ones wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, we talk about, like, I think it's find it very ironic that, you know, we just talked about minority football coaches yesterday and, you know, uh, Terrell Williams is getting the opportunity to be the head coach on Saturday um, against them um, for the Tennessee Titans uh, in place of Mike Vrabel, you know, as a kind of like, hey, here's some experience on the job training, so to speak. So, 
I think that this was I found this this kind of story a little bit this this story a little bit weird because when you think about Ron Rivera, um they just hired Eric B and me because their offense has been anemic like for a very long time. And you were talking about the, the championship pedigree that Eric Bieniemy has. I know people are like, oh, yeah, and a recall the place. But he's the offensive coordinator. He understands about putting game plans together. So he's a part of that process. So he should yes. get that respect in that light. So uh, there were a couple of players who came to Ron Rivera and said, you know what? Eric Bieniemy being too hard on me. He, he being mean. He being hard on me. T, like, like, how can guys like fix their mouth to say that when I just laid out how bad your offense has been for a very long time? They haven't been even relevant since what Robert Griffin the third? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, what are we really talking about by he about these players complaining to their head coach because Airbnb is being quote unquote mean? Right. And listen. You're the team maybe in your division that is least talked about in a division that has done everything in its power to shore up solid offense, right? The right. Eagles are, we saw what they were able to do all the way to the Super Bowl, and we know the guns that they have, right? right. And the Cowboys, hate them or love them, yeah, you don't know what Dak's about, but his supporting cast is amazing, right? And then right. you look at the Giants and what they've been able to do low-key, they've actually won up to you. So you're at the bottom of your division because your division, your d- division literally has three teams that have some serious offensive firepower. The other right. piece is what you just said, and that is Eric Bieniemy is accustomed to te- a team, an offense that espouses to excellence. Patrick Mahomes from the NFL top 100 players, coaches, and the like have said that guy is that guy. He's number one yet again. The reason I bring that up is because sometimes it takes somebody like an Eric Bieniemy to push you to get excellence. Last I checked, and you made it very, very, you were kind about it. Last I checked, we've not even seen the commander sniff a playoff position. However, the offense that Eric Bieniemy oversaw for the last the better part of the last decade now has multiple rings and multiple trips to the Super Bowl, to the AFC championship game, winning their division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You may not like his style. It may not 100% fit you, but guess what? I bet his, his credentials, I bet his credentials and what he's been able to do, that should fit you. That's all I would care about. Yeah. There are certain teachers, there are certain coaches, there are certain individuals where I'm like, Oh, that style just irks me. But yeah. I'm looking at it like, do we have the same goal? Are we both pushing for the same thing? Last I checked, Eric Bieniemy's a winner. And if the commanders want to be winners, they better get on board with what he has to say. Because otherwise, we're going to be sitting here having the same conversation next year about how the commanders did sniff the playoffs. Yeah, and here's the thing. like, And I think that you know, Ron Rivera, like, I still kind of don't know how I feel because I feel like he didn't pre- – protect this guy, but he yeah. was kind of playing the, the diplomatic role like he normally does. And, and I think yeah. that, you know, if, you, if you're talking about your OC, like, you understand you have a need. And here's, like, and, and Ron needs to also understand this, too. All right, listen up, Ron. Bro, they got new ownership. So you were part of that last regime. Regardless of what, you know, went down with Dan Snyder and your, your, your relationship with him, like, you're a part of that. You're still part of that. So, and yes. Eric Bieniemy. 
Uh, he, hey, he's new. He's fresh. He wasn't a part of that last year. So he's 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 vying for a job. And whether that that's your job or right. or, or, a head, or a head coach's job somewhere else, I think that he needs to understand that. And I think that Eric, he needs to get his players to understand what Eric Brianna brings to the table. So, like, hearing this, T, it, it, it irked me. It irked me really badly because you, no player on that team has the ability or has the credentials to step up and say, you know what, this is not what we're used to. Because I understand I've been successful and I can do this. Yes. No, and can't nobody say that right there on the Washington Commanders right now. At all. So, yeah. So, yeah. They, they keep the mouth shut for sure. I, I think so, too. And, yeah, I agree with you. Ron Rivera could have been just a little bit stronger in his support of Eric Bieniemy because passive, last A little passive-aggressive. Yeah, exactly. You're a little passive with that, so yeah, you, you need on, to get bro. on board as well. Because when I look up and down your chart, I think the other piece there is get a leader. Get a, a leader in the locker room who tells everybody to pipe down because, hey – do we want to win or what? Do we want to get out of this division yeah. or what? Okay, fine. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> exactly. You can't, you, right. You, you got to make it. It's an uphill battle for you to get out of the division. But anyway, hey, that's something to where I think that Arthur Smith, on the other hand, I double dog dare you to have some commentary about Dave, we're going to Ryan Nielsen being too hard on you. And I believe that you would have gotten the business low key to where it would never have come out here until yeah. months down the road. But anyway, Hey, if you want to hear more about the Falcons and the no nonsense approach that Arthur Smith is taking down in South beach, check us out tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. And of course, talk more Braves pirates and anything happening on this Atlanta landscape of sports. You can hear all the tea right here on ATL day ones. And make sure you share love, show love, and keep your dog on mouth shut and spread some dog on love. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.